<laughs> so I decided, you know what? Because uh, I'm scared that I got went through all the trouble of logging into Pinterest to look up if they have lesson plans just readily available. And then I was like, mm-hmm. but if Drew starts to record here, yeah, this is suicide. <laughs> this like, is like, nothing interesting to say. People just like upload lesson plans. Yeah, if, People... if I am, if if I happen to spring the trap, um, as I want to do, while you're in the midst of Pinterest lesson plans, let me tell you something here. Look, then the I've, got I've got you. I've got you on that one. It's the five E model lesson. Here it goes. Uh, this is the five E's of teaching, I guess. Uh, okay. Uh, engage, explore, explain, elaborate, and evaluate. Mm-hmm. So that's good. That sounds like a good way to it's teach. It's good. Yeah. It's and you know what? There's a bunch of these, um, and it looks like uh, this is just real. So I don't even remember why we got here. Why am I here? <laughs> what were we talking about? Generations and Zoomers and what the next one would be called. Um, this is why this not that. This is a comedy oh. podcast. Um, and this oh. one. No. I, well, the the thing I was gonna say is actually because uh, you pointed out. Uh, so, um, good morning, Ramblers. Um, it is currently ten twenty nine on uh, four ten. Blaze it. Um, <laughs> like only a little. Half um, it. Yeah, half it. You blaze um, half. Uh, we. Uh, I've, I've got my nice, um, my nice, my nice calming cup of coffee. Um, I drink a Monster Mocha Mean Bean or whatever the fuck it is. They don't sponsor me. I'm allowed to lie about this. Um, but as you pointed out, um, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a it's a it, it's a rainy morning. Um, kind yeah, of, it's, kind of it's rainy. It's gloomy. Mm-hmm. I'm the old sad. man is snoomy. And and I'm looking at Pinterest. <laughs> this is the. <laughs> You know what, Drew? I think yeah. that this might be the worst day of my life. <laughs> this might be the worst day of my whole life. It's always good when you can wake up and know, right? Because <laughs> people always are talking about, like, I would hate to get old and then realize I squandered the best years I had on this earth. But it's it's good to, like, know in the moment, you're like, oh, today? Fuck you know this. what makes me even more furious? I mm-hmm. bet that I could get on my Facebook right now and I could find some motherfucker who's just like, you know, they're sitting on their couch next to their Mm -hmm. window and it's rainy and they're on their tablet and they're looking at Pinterest ideas and it would be like, oh, they'd make such a big deal about how relaxing it is. And oh, oh, people who are soothed and relaxed by rain, they piss me off so much. This is, this is one of the reasons I think that Daniel and I have such a good um, semi chaotic energy. Frankly, um, is as soon as I finish my my recordings of the day, my plan is I'm going to go. I'm going to get like a soup and sandwich from my favorite restaurants. Um, I'm not going to name them, even though I did name drop Monster Energy for some reason. A soup um, and sandwich. It's nukes. Yeah, it's that's fucking nukes. And I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy it next to the rain and next to like Ugh. the cool outside and the pitter patter, and then I'm gonna have the warm soup to to kind of balance the whole thing out. And I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna vibe so hard I might die. It's gonna be a good morning. Good morning, oh, good man. afternoon for me. Yuck. Just yuck. Just it's gonna be so sick. 
It's gonna. It's not gonna be so sick. It's gonna be. It's gonna be like a fucking week from now. You will not remember that this day has happened. You will. You will think nothing. You will not look back and be like, "Oh, I had a rainy day inside." Because no one actually fucking cares that much. It's just a thing to post about somewhere. Oh, I will say. I'm not gonna say that, but that's just because I don't talk about it being a memorable day for any reason. If the I, next I time we record, I don't see it jotted on your fucking calendar back there that you had a nice inside soup sandwich day, I will be livid. <laughs> I, will be. I, don't, I don't. I don't pull a Lenny where I've like rated each day that I've got. Oh, hold on, we're not name dropping people. <laughs> like we can oh, yeah, name sorry. drop the monster and the nukes. We can't be just <laughs> dropping out some names here. I don't, I don't pull a I don't pull a dog jokes and I just write down the rating I have for the day. He's gonna dog jokes monster energy drink and he's gonna dog jokes nukes <laughs> soup and sandwich. We're gonna leave his name. And we're gonna, just gonna, gonna leave leave in. Ah, he's submitted to the show before and he's been yeah, a guest yeah. on the show. People know Lenny. Yeah, surely, yeah, he, he, surely, people know Lenny. They've gone back and listened to wrestling. They, they fucking, they better have. But they have the not fast forwarded and listened to the nukes and monster episode yet. <laughs> uh, today's episode is improv, and we didn't get any submissions for this one, which is kind of not really that surprising, to be honest. It's not um, that surprising, and you know what? I think that makes it more thematic because I think mm-hmm. that that means um, we'll have to come up with answers on the fly and in questions. Was- um yeah it was actually a thing i was i was thinking uh because it's um a little bit behind the curtain on the show i i personally i've been kind of thinking about the show and so like in itself and it's like the show's real fun real fun to do um we get we get good submissions from you you the lovely rattlers at home but I, I I've been getting the feeling that like there's something more we could do with it we could swap the show up because we're in total control here mm-hmm. um we could, this is like a ship that we could crash into the rocks, like kind of whenever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a, I was thinking it might be interesting since we didn't get any questions. We do still have the, um, the, the simmer that what I think we can start with or get to at some point. Um, but I was thinking it might be interesting for the, for the Rattlers at home who either may not know us personally or, uh, or who have only like heard us through the show or who might just be curious if we just kind of talked about improv for this one. I mean, I'm down with that. I, I did have one question I thought of that I really want to ask just for oh, yeah. the show proper, but I'm fine with just talking about improv. I could do that. I can do, yeah. you know, but I can do anything. That's what improv is. Well, hold it, on. it's kind of the whole power. Ooh, found it. There we go. There's a drawing of some boobers on Pinterest. I was waiting <laughs> I had searched improv in the in the tab to see what we could get. In I don't know Pinterest? how we ended up. Yeah, because you know Pinterest. There's a lot of things that are not improv at all, but like there's just pictures of um, like you know some plants. And I was like, I don't, you know, I don't know if improv gardening is a thing. It's so it, it's really long form, I guess. But yeah, I, I yeah, suppose you could just be like, hey, I bought a cactus on a whim. Gardening improv, everyone. This is going to take I, care of this for 30 years. I went down to my local dog jokes and I bought just a pile <laughs> of loose seeds and I just tossed them into some dirt. And and we're just going to roll this garden thing and see. And we're going to roll the dice and we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, though, because you don't know if any of the jokes are going to hit. More like any of the oaks. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is my improv garden. I have some tomatoes here. This is a California redwood that's starting to sprout. And, <laughs> and I need a suggestion from the audience. Carrots. Oh, perfect. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Um, so I guess that's the vibe. We got we got we got, we got a rainy day that I love and Daniel hates. I think we're both probably sipping. I on don't some hate rainy days. I hate the people. I hate people, <laughs> I hate people who are like, oh, the rain is. I I don't hate the weather, Drew. That'd be ridiculous. It's a weather thing. I'm not gonna fight God. I know how that will turn out. I'm not, but I can fight with people. Like, yeah, it's the people. Those those things die all the time. I ain't scared of those. Those things like fall over and get killed. They're silly. The people can go away. Rain is forever. Rain rain and the weather. Rain doesn't stop. Because all matter is constantly shifting. You know, the, the rain is always somewhere as something. It, it can eventually mm-hmm. become the oak in my improv garden. <laughs> it will be there. <laughs> and I'll remember it. I'll remember that. I'll look up at it. I walk by giant trees and I say, I know what did that shit. That's rain. You'd be dead if that wasn't there. I know you can beat me up. It's all rain. <laughs> it's all rain, baby. It's all rain. <laughs> all, it's rain all the way down. It's a rain all the way down. Uh. <laughs> so this is going to be the improv episode. Um, this one's probably going to be a bit shorter. Um, just one, due to the no questions. And I think uh, two, due to it being kind of rainy. It's going to vibe yeah, it out. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. rainy. And the thing is, when we record an improv show inside of our house, um, that's how powerful the rain is. We have roofs <laughs> over our head. Our internet connection is fine. It's not spotty. In fact, it's crystal yeah. clear. I've oh, never so seen clear. Drew's camera looking so good. It's like everything yeah. is, it looks nicer, better connection than ever, but it is raining outside. It's so raining our outside. in the house improv comedy podcast and, will need to be and, and, and that's to underscore <laughs> the the kind of sub theme of this whole episode is um, the, the uh, wills and whims of man have tried and failed to shrink an episode of this show down. Um, and they have not been successful. Um, we, in spite of many humans' um, objections and being upset, have continued <laughs> to do the show. Um, but rain, 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 rain will take me down. Um, how many? I mean, you say that, but that's never happened. <laughs> like, I don't think. I don't think there were ever there were ever people with calls to be like, "Hey, stop doing that podcast, y'all are y'all are shaking the earth too much with your wild ideas." <laughs> <laughs> like you so I, well, you've done essentially is to lie <laughs> yeah it's, it's 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 part of the struggle uh with, with doing any kind struggle. of show on the internet it's your 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 biggest goal is just to try to connect or get some reaction out of people and we have failed to do that either based on what uh, do we need to do do you think maybe outrage. do you think maybe we've gone soft do you think we need to crank up the crassness to get people like back in the boat and listening or like it did we have a couple of episodes where me and you were just way too handholdy and and way friendly and there was no like there was no get, like conflict? That that's that's that that's the axis I guess you got to look at, right? Cuz like it's it's we're we're not very crass in a general sense, but like it's like it, it's in the in the context of rain the show in, like I think I've 
especially recently i you and i have like said some stuff on the show now i specifically have said some stuff on the show that's just like basically outright communist propaganda just like i've just like baked it into the crust of some answers and stuff so like yeah but i I mean but like the thing about that is is that because you know you can bake communist into any crust. That's just yeah. that's any pizzeria you go to. It's really the strength of the ideology. It's the strength of the ideology. But the, the thing is, with the format, it's like mm. we don't get to pick necessarily when we can throw in our communist propaganda. It's like, yeah, and it's submitted by other people, and so much of it is detached from how we. You know, sometimes we'll do the thing just like oh, behind the curtain, blah blah blah, yank our heads mm. off, show you what's yeah. in our neck hole. And then it's just like that. And so it's like, um, it's like maybe the issue, maybe the reason we can't get a rise out of anybody is because in every question that we answer, what we can bake in co- like communism, we can bake mm-hmm. in any kind of like horrible thing, like a but because salt, it's presented it by other people that are giving mm-hmm. it to us. We're just taking on the facade of whatever suits the question. The problem is we yeah. need to start doing, our communist propaganda and our just let's try to work in, in this episode, three different kinds of propaganda. Cause this is me and you on the real, this is yeah. us devoid of character right now. And so mm-hmm. this is where it's not like, Oh, Hey, your character is a communist who's trying to make propaganda with that mm-hmm. in mind. Why do that? Not don't. And then so, I'm at the propaganda so now, factory. We are, we're actually, this is me and drew for real. Mm-hmm. We are going to be working in three different kinds of propaganda that we genuinely believe in. This is us. <laughs> We're going to get a rise out of people. We're going to really, this is how we got to ruffle some feathers. Cause it's yeah. already like people who listen to the show, you know, all, already right off the jump. We're like, Hey, y'all want like the question answer kind of thing. Hey, fuck you. Yeah, um, no, we're, not that's not happening this time. Um, and so that's already, it's just like, Ooh, they're, they're, you know, they're kind of betraying their, their fan base. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we're going to get the tickle going. We get a little Pop. bit of the tickle going, just one little finger under the chin, just getting mm-hmm. them on there. And then we just grab them by like that little loose neck fat they have in a little bit when we start shoehorning in three different kinds of propaganda of things we actually believe. And like that'll be nice. Like a reverse cat. Like a reverse cat. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you grab a person strong enough by the front of their neck, you, you will be able to just kind of do with them whatever you want. It's, it's called killing them. It's, it's called murder. It's, that's that's you, a joke. That's joking somebody. Yeah, don't do that <laughs> official stance of the show. That's my first See, that's bit not of propaganda, even propaganda is anti-choking propaganda. Mm. Oh, oh, Drew from big anti from big breathing over here being all anti choking people. I will say maybe and maybe this is some of the propaganda us talking about being anti murder. I feel like that is, um, you know, because we were even doing it real jokey. But me and Drew were actually not about it. And if you look at the big picture, there's a lot of people <laughs> who are very much about it. So our yeah. stance here. Don't choke someone to death. <laughs> yeah. We, we, Especially you know don't start with a one finger tickle under their chin and then choke them to death because like they probably trusted of, you. Like some kind of homicidal bugs bunny. Just some kind of... <laughs> <laughs> and then they're down. It's 
when you look at the world today, a shocking amount of people seem to be pro-murder. And so we here at Why This Not That want to take some dedicated slice time out of the airtime that we get and say that we are not pro-murder. I'm definitely not pro-murder. I, I'll i say that right now. But you mm-hmm. you said that thing about homicidal Bugs Bunny, and I couldn't help but remember it. And we can't let that, that go. Saw, that I, that I yeah. saw recently of like one of the old episodes that... Uh, Warner Brothers has banned like an, like the old bad ones. Um, and it's the one where Bugs Bunny's just shooting Native Americans and he's just seeing one little, two little, three little Indians. Ooh. So there is a homicidal Bugs Bunny. That's real. And it's just mm-hmm. a gun. It's not even like a Looney Tune style like he's dropping anvils. He's just like up on uh, the wall of a fort shooting a gun and he's going one little, two little, three little Indians. So... Homicidal Bugs Bunny is real and very racist. <laughs> He's just... It's people like... Uh, I don't even know how improv related this is. Well, I guess it, it gets into cancel culture, which is an entertainment thing uh, in a lot of ways. Like, just to think of logistically, right? Uh, Daniel and I have never really worked in full animation or like any of that industry. But Whoa, I think hold both... on now. My oh. Robin Dan shorts on YouTube would beg to differ. Okay, okay. So then Industry Insider, uh, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, that's me, Industry <laughs> Insider, Daniel. Wow. Uh, but just the, the logistics of putting up an animation production on any even remotely professional scale requires mm-hmm. so many people right i mean like it, it's it's teams and teams of people just to get something basic out the door yeah. and so w- when you think like people i think are quick to be like oh so you want to cancel bugs bunny because like you know decades ago something a little genocide got out there it's like dude so many people had to either be enthusiastically for this racist genocidal bugs bunny or at the very least complicit and like chill with it being put out there for it to exist at all like it's there it's so people, hard to make that happen there are people because it is it's it's hand drawn the blood yeah. is literally on their hands they drew yes. it <laughs> <laughs> the the they blood is on that. like that part of the hand when you're when you're like have your palm down and you're drawing and you get like that smear. Oh like yeah, one you get, whole the, side of your you hand. get the, the smear campaign all over it's, your hand. All literally over. That's the thing. It's, it was all an edit and all all an edit by by Big Disney <laughs> to make Warner Brothers look bad. Big Disney is one of my favorite jokes I might have ever made. <laughs> They're huge. The idea of calling them. Just, you know, Big Disney getting in the way of all these cartoons. <laughs> oh, Big Disney. And then, like, you pinch their cheeks and you shake them. Uh, oh, Big oh, Disney. You've gotten so big. You it's pinch so their long, cheeks and you shake them. And then you move your hands just a little lower to their throat. It's all just a trick joke somewhere. <laughs> you do it again. <laughs> and, like, and, like, that's the thing. People are like, oh, well, you want to get mad at everybody. It's like, bro, this is, like, not just, like, one dude with some bad ideas made a Bugs Bunny cartoon. This is a company with a bunch of people made just made racism into a kid's cartoon. You don't need to put that there. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to. <laughs> Stance of the show. You don't need to do it. <laughs> you don't need to. Look, I understand that, you know... Art can take many forms, and I understand mm-hmm. that. And sometimes you can go for more of a shock value to try to get a point across because it it really, 
you know, it catches people's eyes that way. Yeah. But I feel like when Bugs Bunny is the good guy in the cartoon, there's no like, like, you know, if you just had Bugs Bunny being an asshole, like, you yeah. know, if this would have been, like he normally is. It, and it was Daffy Duck. If you yeah. would have had Daffy Duck being the one doing this, then it'd be like, okay, we get it. This is wrong. Mm -hmm. What this person is doing is wrong because Daffy Duck is always the asshole in the cartoons. It's yeah. like if Daffy Duck is killing Indians, killing Indians is bad. If yes. Bugs Bunny is killing Indians, killing Indians probably being portrayed as good because Bugs yeah. Bunny is typically viewed as the face in, yeah, in, like in he, the cartoon. He's a lovable scamp in, like, I guess, in most cases. Yeah, I think there's a couple where Bugs Bunny is kind of played off a little bit more heel, but mm -hmm. it's not often. There are some yeah. where, like, Daffy Duck is just getting so shat on <laughs> that, like, mm -hmm. in the ones where it's both of them, Bugs and Daffy, there's some where Daffy Duck is getting so shat on absolutely that you just kind of have to be like, Bugs, can you maybe, like, Let hold up. off for a second? The dude got his head blown off because you made it duck season. Like, you can call his that for his a bill is on the back of his head. Could you give him like a second? <laughs> let moment? the dude get one moment to breathe out his head back. You gotta let him go. This, I think, this is an interesting actual thing. Um, as, as we have started a conversation about improv with like ten minutes on Bugs Bunny, uh, Daniel, which is I, hand drawn and written. I would argue it's probably an animated cartoon is probably the least improv a thing can be. Could um, just because be. of the amount of work that it goes in. So somebody mm -hmm. has to sit, read lines, record them, send those to someone else. It's not sync those up. Yeah, it's not like in like a live action movie where somebody can like pipe in some improv. Like, sure, mm -hmm. they can pipe in some improv dialogue, but then somebody sits there and animates it for like a year. And at that point, like I you ain't tricking me with that. I'm not calling that improv. A, an improv yeah. joke that takes a year. This ain't a garden. Get out of here. <laughs> this ain't a garden. I don't care what random seeds you threw in. Because one no of the seeds was garden. racism. And you gotta, <laughs> that's a weed. You got to get that weed out of the garden. That's, just that's how the it thing. Goes. Is that you may not have sowed the seeds of racism. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can just allow it to grow. Even if you, you can, aren't yeah. the one whose garden that was, if you get on that property and it's yours now, and that thing is still growing, it's up to you to try to, to try Good to will that down. And then there's yeah. some, there's some stuff for you. That's, I feel like that was enough of like a metaphor to where somebody could view that as propaganda, but I'm not going to count it as one of mine. I'm, it's I'm not, it's mine. not active enough. That's not active enough. Um, but you know what I wish was active? Hmm. Um, I'm not going to do that. I was going to do a type of, I was going to do a bad propaganda, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> well, that's, that's one of the things, because because touched on like cancer culture and stuff there. One of the things I actually want to say, so like you and I with our improv, like I, I, I guess inside of why that's not that, but also just in general, because we do, we do improv outside of this as well. A lot of people, like um, a, a lot of like creative types, will say that they have like a message or an underlying theme with their work that they try to do, and mm -hmm. also themes that they try to like avoid or something like that. Um, and that's not a thing that I think either of us. Well, I think of the two of us, I am probably more susceptible to like actively be like, "No, nah, man, I gotta have like some bigger thing," and like 
add self-importance to it or anything like that Mm. but is there is there is there any method that you think of or that you try to do more or less of with the improv that you do or are you just kind of you know out swinging it and just seeing what happens i my main method of improv is it's not necessarily trying to be relatable Mm -hmm. um because when i'm on stage like i got a giant mouth and my eyeballs can get real big Mm -hmm. and and so people I kind of operate under the thing of nobody likes the, if you're the smartest person in a room, chances are nobody likes you. Nobody Mm -hmm. likes or has any want, especially in a comedic setting to interact with somebody that just is smarter than them. So I always like to play a dummy. I like to be a dumb person kind of who, yeah, I like to play a kind of a clown. And so Mm -hmm. it's, but I don't want to be relatable I want people mm-hmm. to just understand. I don't want to talk in a way that's going to go over anybody's head. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to be able to grasp the thing that I'm saying. So if that's a scene where I'm shopping in a space supermarket and it turns out my son died in a war and I have to shoot myself in the face with a ray gun because I'm depressed, mm-hmm. I want there to be not a single person in the audience who maybe didn't understand that that's what happened. <laughs> like <laughs> I want everyone of every walk of life I'm not doing it necessarily so that they'll enjoy it, but mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to not understand that this is a person in this comedy thing that we're watching whose son died in a war that is so depressed they're going to kill themselves. I That's what I want for everybody to have. Um, I will say, though, that my my subject matter, uh, mm-hmm. I have shifted. Uh, you know you know me. You've heard some of my older songs that I have yeah. recorded and stuff. I There yeah. are things that I said on those things that I don't say anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think that it's what I call that like cancel culture? I would. I don't think so. I think that it is important for things to shift and move yeah. and evolve. And I think that a good comedian, a good person that can improv, it's about becoming malleable. It's all about being like you essentially if you're doing improv, you got to be clay always. And so Mm -hmm. if things are changing and shifting, you got to change and shift. Otherwise, like, is that improv? If it's just like, you have a, you have like two things you're willing to do, which is just like, I'm going to be racist sometimes. Or Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. You got to, you got to go with it. If everybody gets on like a really like wholesome train, like if the wholesome train is just a chugging and people love happy endings and stuff. And Mm -hmm. like, that's what the jam is right now. You got to get with that jam. You got to turn that jam into your jelly. You got to get with it. You just got to fucking roll. It's or it's, it's a, mm-hmm. or you do something that's going to make nobody happy, like killing yourself with a ray gun. That's the yeah. kind of thing that you can do if you do it right. If you if and I don't know if I did and but, but whatever. <laughs> but like I but I'll say that my main shift was that um uh I became friends with any black people. Like yeah. just any black people at all. And once I did that, I was just like, oh, okay. I understand mm. now. Done with all that. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, it's like, cause I like them. I don't want to do anything that's going to make them like upset or uncomfortable because they're yeah. my friends. I don't want to do that anymore. If I'm not yeah. friends with people, then I don't care. Like if I, and this, this, <laughs> this might be a thing that could come back to bite me. But like, if I only knew one like a singular black person and they were mm-hmm. terrible. 
then I'd probably still be on my bullshit because I'm just like, okay, I don't care if this person's upset. I, I don't care about them. They, they suck. I'm going to mm. keep with my bits. But I like all my all my friends that I have, and so I'm not going to do it. And it's just like, you know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to sit there and do any derogatory or inflammatory like gay jokes because I've got family and, and friends who operate yeah. on those axes that, that I don't. And so I don't understand those aren't experiences that I can have. So I ain't going to fuck with it. Yes. I'm just, just going to leave it alone. It's just kind but, of the, the entry point to the empathy. Basically. It's just like, I've met people who have these experiences and I have learned through that, that they are negatively impacted by, shitty entertainers like people who are just bad at it and doing yeah, it's things just that are like, if, I'm, if i'm gonna be friends them i don't want to be just another thing now i will say this though that in improv i'm i'm very good about like you know i'm not gonna if i go out there and this was a scene that i've had to do um one of my friends Oren, who's in nitwits with us he made me a slave owner in a scene yep and I said, and he did it in such a way where, like, he, he made it very set in stone. When I walked out, he was scared. Mm-hmm. He was scared, and I was a slave owner. And I'm like, okay, I am a mean slave owner. That is the character mm-hmm. he's imbued me with. I'm going to fucking go. And I did. That's what I got to do. Yeah. That's what I got to do. And I'm not going to sit there and <clears throat> deny the thing. Like, you know, if I was doing it with somebody else. But you know, if, yeah. if a black guy wants to make me a mean slave owner, I'm not. I'm gonna be like, you know what? I'll do yeah. it for you. I don't want to, but like, you know, mm-hmm. if somebody else is trying to make me do it, I'd probably still do it because I don't want to deny. Well, yeah, but it, so, it's like, but I in that hope situation. that people don't keep making me like a slave owner or a Nazi or a Nazi slave owner. I own. I'm a. I I own Nazi slaves. <laughs> like what? all the people who do the work on my plantation are Nazis. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's a thing like, so in 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 my and Daniel's uh, kind of shared history with improv, because it's like, I know that you made like a lot of like home family movies and stuff mm-hmm. prior to us meeting in, in, in theater. But I, I think like as far as like actual structured improv, like improv games and shows, I think you and I have basically been doing that together the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. No, because we, yeah, we did home movies. There were never any scripts. It was just here's point A, there's point B, get there somehow. Um, yeah. But as far as like games, like who's yeah, like games and like style theater improv. improv now yeah. we've been riding that train essentially um, side by side on the same tracks. Well, the tracks diverge yeah. a little bit, but it's still the same games, same well, train company, and, and that, different tracks. Yeah, <laughs> different tracks because you can't have two trains on the same track at the same time. They're going to hit each other. That's how That's trains right. work. It's the trains same are naturally roads. antagonistic. They'll they'll bump heads. <laughs> they'll uh, bump I've heads. Seen, I've seen Shiny Time Station. They fuck each other up. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's an interesting thing you you point out there because like it's um uh I I in my recent history I have been um uh we we've had the same like amount of time doing improv I pretty recently have like started like taking uh classes and and improvising with like basically holding new people outside of like a troop context basically and one of the things that I know that I have recently like um, really found really gotten a lot of a, attraction to in improv is is doing like dramatic or in a general sense less less jokey improv um, still comedy stuff usually just because it's what the audience who comes to see improv pays to see but like 
the the concept there that that you bring up, Daniel, about like it's somebody imbues you as a like not silly, not uh, subversive, but a a regular slave owner. For me, as like a as a performer, because I think a lot of people who are frankly head asses and aren't don't have a creative bone in their body and want to complain like, oh, you can't do this kind of joke anymore. And the reality is, you absolutely can. You just now have to be better. You have to do it better you have to be better at doing comedy than you used to you used to just be able to get on stage and say a bunch of slurs to a bunch of racists and get laughs and get money from that now it has to be engaging or creative at all and i think like that's kind of one of the things that speaks to where it's one i also know orin orin's a is a incredible improviser very very talented and that's the thing where it's he is is also one to fuck with you sometimes like it's if if you and him are on stage he is very confident and earned confidence in his ability and it's also i think there's also the thing of there's also a trust there like i think Oren knows i don't want to necessarily speak for him but like he also knows like it's he imbues you with that character you're gonna do something entertaining with it you're not just gonna come out and just say slur after slur for like 30 uninterrupted minutes well you say that but in that in that scene i there were no jokes i just i i like i said if you're gonna give this to me i'm gonna do it and i did not do jokes i just screamed at him and told him to get the fuck back to work and i was just a horrible, horrible guy. And I was like, you want well, to play this game more and I'll play this game. Well, and th- but that's the Go. thing though. Like that, that's kind of where it circles back to like, um, uh, like I have been studying and finding a lot of uh, value in not jokey improv, like in a, in a pure sense where it's like the point of this entire scene is to get to some kind of joke. It's mm-hmm. sometimes you'll improv and it's just like, Oh, this is just cathartic. This is just a good scene. And I feel like that's the kind of thing there where it's Oren isn't, he's he's not just trying to shoot you in the kneecaps with this offer that he's giving you. It's just like, he's expecting you to play that the way that you did. And then that, that gives a scene where it's like maybe a given audience isn't exactly game for seeing just like some realistic depictions and stuff, but that, that doesn't mean that it can't be good. Like it's, it's, it's a realistic scene. It plays out well. And the performers are able to kind of do stuff with it. I, I suppose. I think mm-hmm. that it's a weird thing for me because I know that where we do improv, the idea of it is it's nitwits. The name implies very silly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, treated it's, hard to... as, it's treated as comedy. Yeah. Like it's advertised as comedy. You know, a mm-hmm. night of laughs, come do the thing. Um, and so, like, I get the idea of, of wanting to do just scenes that are, like, genuinely good. And, and I've done scenes that are genuinely like unsettling just because yeah. I think that there is a funny joke of they paid money to laugh and they don't get to sort of like, a, you know, <laughs> like a like a Mr. Gray from Fifty Shades in just I ain't going to let them finish. And mm-hmm. that's where the enjoyment comes from. The Mr. Gray um, of improv. I'm the, I consider myself the Mr. Gray of improv. I, mm-hmm. well, I drive the whole audience around in a fighter jet that I have because I work <laughs> at a newspaper or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. It doesn't make a lick of goddamn sense. Um, but, but either way, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's fun to build up uh, that anticipation and not mm-hmm. give them the release and just give them that ruined O. Um, and like, as a, 
as a performer, I get a lot of joy out of that. But I mm-hmm. think I do think that the audience paid money to laugh. Yeah. More often than not. Like if I guess in some instances, people are just being brought in there and mm-hmm. they're just like, hey, my friend invited me. And I'm going to go see it. I have no idea what this is. Then sure. But I think more often than not, people want to laugh. And I think if you're not bestowing that, sure, mm-hmm. maybe you've opened their mind to the intricacies of improv and the various and what the like, art can and do. what the art could do but i also think that they don't give a fuck about mm-hmm. any of that shit at all <clears throat> they want to see colin mockery style games and and then laugh to, at you know somebody falling down with their pants uh, you you have to like around their waist you, you have to you have to consider who the audience is for it like um I, I feel like a, a lot of people who I feel have been like bad improvisers that i've just you know met in person over the years like it's the kind of thing where it's, it's it's to them, I think may seem hypocritical, but it's like, you can't just do whatever you want. And the reason I think that seems hypocritical to them is because like, I do, I do whatever I want and it works for me. And so I think it's like, well, why doesn't that just work for everybody? It's like, well, some people's the things they want to do suck and aren't entertaining and no one else should have to pay to see it. And I think that's the kind of thing there where it's like, because uh, Nitwits is, is a is a improv troupe that Daniel and I kind of cut our teeth on to where we got our start. And it is very much like it's marketed and it's audience that it's built up over years is kind of expecting a who's line series of short form stuff. We've been able to experiment there. Um, yeah. There has been some stuff where they, they have kind of diverged that a lot. And the audience has like not 100% of the audience has gone with it, but 100% of the audience going with it would have been weird. Um, but a decent amount have kind of gone with the troop and followed them and still supported what they do. But yeah, like it's a thing where it's, if, if you as an improviser do just want to do some raw experimentation and just really do some out there stuff, you absolutely can. But as soon as you want to sell tickets to it, you then, you have to give them something that's worth their, like, even if you have free tickets, you still have to give them something that's worth their time. They still got dressed, made the, made the time to drive out here to come see the show and it's it's a bit, I don't know, dickish if you're like, well, I don't care what they had to go through to get here. I am an improviser, and that means I am the most important person here, and they should waste all of their time so that I can do dick jokes for 17 minutes, yeah, and it's serious. It's definitely, I'll say that that's definitely my, I had, the only term I can come up with in this rainy morning is the douchiest ideology yeah. that I have about improv. Mm-hmm. And it, and I wouldn't suggest being this way, but like if I do an improv show mm-hmm. and like, you know, five, six people come up to me afterwards and they tell me, Hey, I love your stuff. I come here to see your, your jokes. And then this mm-hmm. one really raucous joke that you did, that was hysterical. And that happens. And then like yep. I get backstage and then the, my troop is telling me, that I might have crossed a line with that joke that six people just told me is great. Mm. I will say, fuck you, team. There's there's no y'all in here. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Like, the people who paid to see me do this shit are the mm. ones that told me, hey, I really liked it. And you goons who didn't pay to see the jokes that you liked are upset. <laughs> I don't care what you think. And I know that that's not good for building... Like a, a connection or, like, or whatever. Yeah. But I'm not about to be like, no, you're correct. You people that don't pay to do the improv. It's, you person who was in the scene with me that let it be good. Why are you riding my dick? 
they liked the mm. scene, shut yeah. up. Like, just well, shut the hell up forever. Well, it, it's the kind of, I think it's the distinction, right? So, like, if I have been, I've been doing improv with Daniel for a very long time. And so, um, it's, it's a thing where I think the, like, we, we now it's kind of also in like the the criticism of other performers i think the thing that has to come into there's a difference between like uh, in a hypothetical i don't know that this has ever happened to the point where i've had to bring something up but like if if i when performing with daniel daniel has done something that has offended my sensibilities in some way i think it's important to a lot of people want to speak in absolutes and they want mm-hmm. to say like you can't do this thing because that's bad improv it's not that i'm mad about it it's that you're doing improv wrong and the thing is like daniel said the audience ate that up and you know sometimes you've got a shithead audience and the audience what they think doesn't matter um but also like if something offends me singularly if i want to critique daniel about that i need to say hey I didn't like this thing. That way it is as useful if there's enough people who share my sensibility as people who did like it. Not like, hey, I know what true good improv is and you should listen to me because I'm an expert. No, the fuck you're not. Nobody's an expert <laughs> on improv. Even the people who are the best at it are just making shit up. So who, like, in what way could someone be the expert here? You're not, so not going to convince things- me you're an expert on improv unless the audience... because. It's all about, they're the ones that you're performing for. So if, yeah. if afterwards the audience comes up to me and says, hey, this person's the best. You should listen to what they say. I don't care yeah. if it's me versus every single person on my team backstage because this has happened before. Mm-hmm. If the audience has told yep. me it's good. You remember, uh, I don't know if we've told the story on here, but one time I did a we did a thing. What was it called? The 2024 something. What was it? Some, it had a weird name. There, like I the eat? long form. Yeah. Improv experiment. Yeah. And it was our experimentation into like a mm. long form improv game. And I did it for people who are really into improv. It was a, um, it was a four, three, two, one, uh, long form improv show. Yeah. And essentially it's just like the audience got to vote on whichever scene they liked the most. And that one would be continued into like the rest of the show time. And mm-hmm. me and this guy named Robbie, uh, we, did a scene and I just said, okay, you just come out, do something and I'm going to come out and do something and then we'll see what sticks. And so he came out and he was like a guy with multiple personality disorder and it was very Mm -hmm. sad. And I was a guy whose wife had breast cancer, but I didn't want her to get the cancers removed because it made her breast bigger is the Mm -hmm. scummiest, stupidest shit in the world. And the audience voted Almost unanimously to For that. let's continue. What did we call it? Multiple personality disorder. Yes, that is exactly what it was. And called. the audience loved the shit out of it. But when I got mm-hmm. out, when I got backstage, all of the various assholes <laughs> that were part of my squad mm-hmm. were like, "I can't believe it!" And then they stole it from me and ran it into the dirt and buried it right in front of my eyes. My beautiful child. They Still did. breathing, kicking and screaming into the dirt. Into um, the dirt. No, they killed my character off pretty early. <laughs> well, it's because it, it's as someone who was also there, like, and, and I guess anyone who is like trying to glean any information from this episode, I'm sorry, uh, but also <laughs> like the as, as an as a performer who I'm not I'm not by any stretch always trying to like sanitize the things that I do if you get offended by curse words frankly I do not care if you're mad as a performer I want you to be upset and leave and not see my show because I think that you enforce a 
silly Unrealistic and arbitrary restriction on words. Yeah, it's 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 that type of audience enforces an, a a ridiculous restriction on what I can do creatively to the point that if I did meet what they want, I would not want to do creative stuff anymore. And I think it's important to find the distinction here. Like the in in that moment backstage is the thing I have also seared into my brain because it's it is wild to me. So the assumption in from my point of view that you would have to make to take moral offense to Daniel's character. Now, maybe for you, like people have triggers for due to traumatic stuff in their life and on an individual basis, like you can never account for everybody's lived experience and everybody's trauma. Right. So uh, on an individual basis, someone can say like, Hey, I didn't exactly really care for that, but it's because I have a traumatic experience and I didn't really want to see it kind of made light of on stage. And like, sure. Like I would apologize to that individual person for sure. Cause uh, my goal would never be to make light of them to make them feel bad for something like that sucks like that. But to like, try to morally uh, condemn somebody for that says that you can never do a joke about, about breast cancer in this case or about cancer in general that it can never be something that is laughed at or made light of or brought to bear in a light-hearted setting and the key thing that i think is immediately the flaw in that logic is in this specific instance i guess to give people a case study the joke's not about breast cancer the joke's about the, the guy. The joke's about the, uh, the, the ridiculousness the dude. of some asshole it's not like the dude is like oh man Brent, uh the, the guy it literally doesn't care if his wife dies because her breasts look bigger for a little while. And yeah. also that's not even how it works. It's not like the so, guy is ridiculous and he's backgrounded with a person whose accent changes every three minutes because he has multiple personality disorder. And, so, and like, good eye, mate, has mom. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like for, for me, like from my point of view to really get that morally upset, you have to completely disregard the possibility that you can refer to cancer, probably any other sufficiently serious illness, because then it's like, where do you draw the line? Can I do jokes about the flu? Is the flu okay? Where is your line? Because that joke's not about that. So really what you're saying is this is a bad word and you can't say that word. And that's ridiculous, right? Like it's not a, it's not a word at least like, and, and I think in that I'm also kind of uh, uh, subconsciously copping to the fact that I do think there are certain words that you just don't say, maybe like slurs, but even then that's not universal. I don't say them because I'm a white guy and it's problems if I say them. Not me saying like, oh, because of cancel culture, it's a problem. No, because of culture, culture. It's like an <laughs> issue if I say slurs on stage or in private. Uh, that's a lesson you can take from it. But like There's somebody else can say those. Things. <laughs> like it's yeah. And, and like, that's the thing from that moment there, because then what that did is the audience voted for it because one, yeah, they that's, trusted that's the one performance. Thing. It's like, I yeah. don't know if you're going to do a whole fucking show of hands and like the yeah. whole audience is showing, Hey, we like this guy's idea. And you're going to take me backstage and be like, Hey man, not cool. And it'd be like, motherfucker. I know like 60 idiots who disagree the shit are you yeah. talking about you dumb ass you stupid asshole you stupid fucking <laughs> piece of garbage what are you doing i hate you i hate all of you i hate all of you back here every one of yeah. you back here is, is stupid you're so it, ugly a- you're so ugly and dumb god look at you what's wrong yeah. with you your grotesque features reach down to the floor your jowls <laughs> flop with your feet on the ground you witch you bog witch you 
horrible, grotesque, putrid monster. Fuck you <laughs> forever. But I'm not it's, bitter. Yeah, no, not at all. Because <laughs> the combined, the result of it is what the audience said they wanted is wrong. They shouldn't get what they want. And we know better about what audiences should enjoy. And it's like... They perform improv in front of a fucking mirror. Yeah. Then stay at home and do it. (laughs) If you're going to ask people to come and see your show, you have to, like, they are part of it. You have to take their wants and what they want to do into account. Hey, you know what what it's called when you do a performance, but you get to, like, have already pre-chosen everything and the audience has no say? That's a fucking play. Yeah. Do a do fucking a play. play. <laughs> you just trash can. But it's then like to zoom it out, it's the audience has said through their applause and because of the structure of this show, literally voting Votes. for it, they that they trust these performers to do something that they will find entertaining. One, because they have seen them already do that, and they trust them to continue to do that into the future throughout the rest of this performance. So for you to like it, it's it's almost like um and it's infantilizing it's like no the audience is simply they're just too dumb they're too dumb to really know what they want to see and it's like no these are one mostly adults like coming to see an improv show frankly it's younger people don't exactly have the appreciation for theater well, to come like, and see um, it what did what did our drama teacher used to say he used to say what's the thing about the audience i can't remember is it just like the audience is idiots or the audience is what was it? It was like a whole phrase that he would always do. Oh, yeah. What was I, it? Oh, I don't remember. It's like, it's something along the lines of, of that. And it's why I, it's, it is not because of, of this advice that I downplay. It's because I know humans in general that mm-hmm. I downplay and usually tend to play a little more clownish, a little more stupid. Yeah. It's just that the audience, sometimes you do have to, you got to spoon feed them. Like yeah. they're, they're infants, but that's not to say that, you know, they're wrong in what they like. It just means that, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like anybody who says they understood the musical Cats is lying because the audience, <laughs> no, the audience doesn't. They don't, and yeah. they're not going to know until they watch a two-hour uh, YouTube essay <laughs> essay about <laughs> it later, like I had to do. <laughs> like, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. It's... it's- because you just got to say the words. You got to just mm. be like, you know, when you're on a phone call, you just be like, oh, hey, Maggie, my sister. And then they go, ah, the sister. You gotcha. know? <laughs> like, it's, well, and, that, and that's the thing, right? Because like with the character, it's you weren't like, um, I, I'm trying, I can't even think of it because I've only seen it done in a way that I thought was good. Oh, I can't it also think of only ever aired one time. It only ever aired once as a once in a lifetime viewing, but like it's the character was very on the face. Like that character gave you everything you want. You needed to know about him. And like the first scene he was in like verbatim, there's not like subtext you have to read into Mm -hmm. to get what's going on. And so like it's, and that's the thing. Like it's, this isn't a commentary on like other stuff. This is very simple. It's this guy is such an idiot and such a misogynist (laughs) that he values big old titties over human life that is funny if if you do the same if you do the same bit and you have like somebody and you just have like this dude watching somebody get crushed by sufficiently large mammaries you don't have the moral outrage but you can't term it in this certain way and that's like 
I, that's something I also still think about because it's just like what they ended up doing is they said, well, now what we have to do is we have to course correct because we've, in our view, we've made light of this thing. And so now we have to give it reverence. And so now you have this weird fucked up tone where you have a story that starts off with a guy who says, my wife's titties are so huge that I don't want her to get the chemotherapy because it'll make her titties smaller. And now you have him at the end of it in like this fucking therapist office talking. And it's like, this is not what like, at the start, this was never intended to go down this serious of a route because now you have made it be about the breast cancer instead of it being about this idiot guy, right? If you, like, it's you have now forced it to have this serious tone about it, and now it's all fucked up. Now nobody is happy because you still had this start with something you think is like, oh, you can't joke about these kinds of things. And then it ends with this thing that satisfies nobody who voted for it. Yeah, and that's and that's ultimately, I guess, and I guess that's my yeah, whatever my advice is worth for improv, and, and I guess it's you can have whatever kind of skills you want. You can you can take things any kind of direction that you want, but if at the end of a show that people mm-hmm. pay to see, like, and it's advertised as something, yeah, and it doesn't deliver, you did bad. You mm-hmm. you did bad improv. If you say, yeah. hey, this is an experimental kind of serious thing, and at the end of it, the people are just like, that wasn't very good. You did bad improv. You can you can do whatever stuff you want. You can throw in whatever kind of fancy uh, things that you learn. But if the audience hates it, you 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 did a bad job. And that's, yeah. that's what's fun about improv uh, that's not so much like in regular plays is that is that you're, you You can do bad. Like in a play, when you got everything down packed and it's down to a science, and like it's always going to be good. There's no mm. reason to be afraid unless like, I don't know, a wire breaks in a musical number and you're suspended in the air and you die. Sure, fine. You get Spider-Man. But improv, yeah. it's so easy to just mm. fuck up everything. Like mm. it's so easy to have a bad show. And I feel like that constant fear is is what should drive you you got to try to find out early like what kind of audience do we have do they like Mm -hmm. referential humor i don't care if you hate referential humor you're like oh i don't want to do impressions of dead celebrities i don't want to have to sit there and do ronald reagan for two hours but if that is (laughs) what your audience has paid the money to see Mm -hmm. i don't care how how if you did some groundbreaking shit out there if they didn't give a fuck you did a yeah. bad job. Bring out the Ronald Reagan. You're you're not you're not so important that you're beyond Ronald Reagan impressions. You don't matter that much. You're one person versus 60. If you have any kind of empathy in your body or sympathy, you will be able to see you like in a matter like 30 even small audience. If you one person <laughs> have disappointed 30 people, you are bad. You are bad. Mm-hmm. 30, pe- 30 lives are more important than your one. You mm-hmm. fucking trolley problem. Don't like, you're not <laughs> so self-important. Bring out the Ronald Reagan. Just do the dumb thing. Mm-hmm. T- take into account early. And don't do callbacks. I'm not saying like, if you know, <laughs> like if you know that the audience laughed at like a particular joke, mm-hmm. think about that style of joke. Don't just do that one joke over and over. But like, if they literally have only laughed the whole night at Ronald Reagan, 
you fucking you bring the Reagan. <laughs> yeah, you do. You bring it and you do it the whole time. But and there, and, and you can do different Ronald Reagans. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, I'm surfer Ronald Reagan. <laughs> and I'm Malibu Beach Ronald Reagan. It's like, ain't that just surfer? Kinda, but I have I a house. <laughs> like it's, it's established. I have a house and a car. The other Ronald Reagan doesn't. And now you got yeah. a whole scene with eight different beach related, but different Reagans. Ronald Reagans. And goddamn, that's a good ass show. I'm metal detector Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I'm metal detector Ronald Reagan. Like, <laughs> and if you was the this water's like, great. You mean Watergate? No, that's Nixon. What the fuck? Are that's you Nixon. About? Different guy. Different guy. Different, different guy. guy. Fuck. Bring it back. Bring it back. Oh, <laughs> hey, hang ten. And, it's, <laughs> and the thing is, like, if you if you as an improviser, if you don't, if like you don't want to be beholden to that, you just let people know what to expect. And if they aren't, if they aren't also game for what you want to do they won't come and if nobody comes you should take that as either okay either the thing i want to do is bad or i need to try to find a different audience because this audience doesn't give a shit about it right and if you can't find any audience for what you do hey you good should news. try to do different stuff yeah well the thing is but sometimes if nobody comes that's exactly what you want because yeah you're the mr gray of improv <laughs> you don't <laughs> want to let any of them finish a thing i have i have i have uh, coached some improvisers i have taught some people improv and one of the like after whenever i give feedback on people's scenes um to try to like give them some coaching um give them the benefit of some of my experience the thing that i the first thing i ask once they're out of a scene and like it's time to give feedback like in a rehearsal i always start with how did they feel that went because it always starts off with what were you trying to accomplish and did you do that because for me like it's for most improvisers i think you should have it in your head where part of the part of what you're trying to do is entertain an audience right and for for an audience entertainment isn't always just there like gut busting crying laughing the whole time sometimes you want to give your audience pathos sometimes you want to give them catharsis you want to do some good drama or whatever it is but it's have that in your mind of people are watching this and i want them to also get something from it and if your whole audience comes and you go like i refuse to do reagan voices because it's fucking beneath me and no one is entertained then if you had that in your mind, you did just by definition fail. Now, did you intend to not do a Reagan voice? Did you succeed there? Cool. It doesn't matter if no one got anything out of it because we all had to be here for that. And if you're going to ask people to be here for it again, because I like I say this, even if even if you're doing a free show, there's free improv shows all the time. Even if nobody paid ticket prices, their time, they still spent their time to come here and see it. And if you didn't think of them when you were performing, you've wasted their time. Just so now, you, see, you, that's that's where we get a little different, and that's where mm-hmm. that's where some of my propaganda is going. Daniel Strick, like if, if, if people if people are not there and no one is making like if people are coming but no one's making money, then those people's lives are not worth considering because they're not they're not pulling a profit to anything. Yeah, and that and that's really what this whole country is built on. Like I've been alive long enough to know that if, if people are not equaling money, then mm. they're not equaling people. <laughs> like, so you gotta, you gotta, if you, if you want to get on stage and hardline refuse to do Reagan voices, you better not be charging tickets. That's, that, right. that's the only if thing. You're- <laughs> if you're going to get onto my stage and hardline refuse to do a Reagan voice, then goddamn, you better not charge anybody money for it. If there's any takeaway that you have from this, it's next time you're doing a show, bust out the Reagan. I promise you it's going to do gangbusters. And then like later on down the line, surfs up Reagan. 
just bring out, bust out. I promise you. And this is the thing. It will work. You keep bringing out different variants of Ronald Reagan in your show. Like anytime you come into a scene, like you do one where you're walking really slow and bouncy. It's just like, I'm astronaut Reagan. It's just... You will, you will slay the audience. You, they will, they'll come back and they'll be like, Hey, you're the Reagan guy. Like you'll, they'll remember. So like, uh, Paul, if you're listening to this, I swear to God, next time you do one of your stupid, stupid improv shows, you bust out that Reagan. You give a space Reagan. I swear to God. You give a space Reagan. And also you're black. So that'll be, that'll be extra good. Black Ronald Reagan. Black Ronald Space Reagan. That's good. That's double. That's a double good. whammy. Because Reagan was white, I think. <laughs> I, I don't have the time to look it up. We don't really have the the uh, the researcher budget here at Why That's Not Oh, bad. that's true. But Daniel. Because they didn't ask us any questions. We didn't bring up, we didn't open up Google. <laughs> so, <laughs> we never thought we'd have to look something up. So Reagan. To finish that off, Daniel, with all that in mind, I got to ask Daniel, why? Whose line is it anyway? Not which one to use the rap. Oh, um, hmm. There's no context, I guess. <laughs> no, it's the whole the whole episode prior to that is the context. That's the bit. Oh, the whole ep. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I guess I guess whose line is it anyway? Instead, of, because with whose line with whose mm-hmm. line any number of people can be the rat, and it's a lot yeah. easier to find multiple rats than it is to find just one singular rat. So if mm-hmm. you are in a mafia meeting. And the mob boss says, which one of you is the rat? And you say, all right, quick improv scene. And it's just like, all right, uh, we need a location, a sewer pipe. Okay. Uh, All right. Give me an animal. Rats. All right. Everyone in this scene is a rat. Go. Bam. Busted. Get them all. Get them all all. out of there. It's just. Get get them all. They're all, they all got to go. And that's the thing is that the Don can just pick whoever the rat is. So even if, Mm -hmm. even if they're not the one that spilled the beans, he can still be like, well, I know this guy was crushing on my sister. So it's just like, you, you're the rat. And he's just like, I'm not the rat. He's like, ah, don't deny. And they say, yeah, come on. I'm the rat and I fucked your sister. <laughs> okay. And now we can close the scene. And I'm smuggling money out from under your nose. Yes. And, and I'm also working with one of the other cartels. And he was the rat. But because of the rules of improv, he's just keeps spilling the beans and the beans. He just, he just has to keep he just confessing. He keeps on going. Yeah. <laughs> Drew, I, I just still want to ask my question to you. Oh, yeah. Because I liked it. Because this yeah. one, going back to the Fifty Shades of Grey thing, my setup was going to be, Drew, you're, you're Mr. Grey from Fifty Shades of Grey, and you've got yourself a secretary who wants to get into the kink scene, and you're laying down the rules. You're laying down the kink rules of, okay. um, of like your kind of a real kinky behavior, and you're laying yeah. down these very important rules. And so with that in mind, now these rules are slightly different, um, mm-hmm. b- but they're also kind of similar. So this is really just when you're explaining the rules, why don't deny, not yes. And <laughs> it's important. It's important in kink. Um, I've definitely um, uh, not to out myself as a normie, but um, I have not. I don't want to you as a normie. Of- Listen, when me and I'm Drew gonna- are having like unsolicited ball gag mouth sex, Mm-hmm. When me and Drew are doing that and he's got me up by the stirrups, it's mm-hmm. definitely some of the most vanilla Van- vanilla stuff that I've ever tasted. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of the lotions I use. Um, hey, good. 
<laughs> but one of the things I do know about the king scene, like I just don't want to come across as like an expert, uh, mm, but like. Mm. Mm. is it's all about expectation mm-hmm. just like an improv it's all about expectation and it's all about um um an understanding and kind of a trust system right people talk about like in 50 shades of gray a lot of that kink play is abusive and it's because it's bad kink and <sighs> so with, with don't deny it comes down to we it's i have had to to do it well I need to have gone over, we need to have been like open and honest about what our boundaries are, what we're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And with that, it should be celebratory. It should be collaborative. It should be enjoyable for both parties. And so with that, don't, don't deny kind of plays into that. Now that's the thing. Like it's, that is with the caveat of you do have to have a safe word, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There is still the host with the bell. And when the bell happens, you got to do the thing. And so that's still there. That's just so that everyone feels comfortable but yeah, it's that there's just a better way to do it because like it's if you if you aren't comfortable doing that, that means you haven't done the pre-work of making sure you're on the same page. You haven't done the pre-work of setting up what the boundaries are. And so that you're just kind of doing it recklessly. Gotcha. I, yeah, and, and I think that that is um, I think it's important when you're first starting in kink, because if you give somebody yes and like I'm like you can you can be the kinkiest person. Mm-hmm. like on the planet or just in the dungeon. Yeah. But like if if somebody's giving you the yes and, I don't care how how kinky you are, you're going to run out of stuff. Yeah. It's just like you like you got like eight whips on the wall and they're just like I'm going to whip you with the bull whip. Yes. And and, and? then I'm going to hit you with the calf whip. Yes. yes. And then and? I'm going to hit you with the with with the cow whip. Yes. And I'm going to hit you with the buffalo whip. Yes. And then I'm going to hit you with the elk whip. <laughs> and it, it just gets tiring because it's like, it's yes and, but it's just like a different thing. It's that there's no more elevation. And if there's, if you're not raising. Yeah, you started with the bull whip and then you're working mm-hmm. your way down to like the, the, the pig whip, which is mm-hmm. smaller and hits harder because there's technically more just like condensed fat in the area. Yeah. But but it's um but the bull whip has the strong like nobody wants to get whipped by a pig whip it's called a pig whip. no it's not it's good whip. and yeah. it's just you can you can have like a whole bucket full of different gelatin looking dildies or whatever but eventually you're going to run out of space in there like you're not going to get like <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Gray, I think we're full back there. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be a downer, but I just, but I do think we're full. I think six is enough. I think, yeah. I think six is where it should stop. And then and he's the one saying that. He's like, look, I'm not going to lie to you, um, Miss... Oh, God, what's her name? Does it matter? Just, what's the girl's name in Fifty Shades of Grey? I, I don't Silver. know what it is. Huh? She's Sli- oh, I thought you said Slytherin, which is funny. Uh, Severus Snape is the girl in Fifty Shades of Grey. I just feel like you know, because, and this this is true for anything. If 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 you're if you're too open, then you might end up just stuffed with too too many dildos. 
So it's important to know where the line is. It's I important guess. to know your limit, and it's important to have those conversations. It's, impor- if somebody, it's important to have those. Conversations. If somebody doesn't want to have the conversation about what your dildo threshold is before, it's a bad person. You got to get out of. There. I'm also going to say this, and and maybe this is not a this this might be a hot take, but as a person who really likes improv, I I I do not like the kink scene. I don't. I can't get into it. Like I get. Well, one, I'm not a big fan of prop comedy in general. So I don't really, like that I can't get into. But I feel like, I guess maybe if the idea is that it's like an improv game and Mm -hmm. it's sort of like, okay, but I feel like there's just so many rules and so many Mm -hmm. regulations that at a point it's just sort of like a play. It's just sort of like, here's what's going to happen. You're handcuffed to the bed and then I'm going to start with the whip and then so on and so forth. But because you have to have these conversations... It's mm-hmm. all it's all very planned and rehearsed. It's, it's where it's just the, like you the, should just have an orgy. If you're gonna yeah, do the, it, there, just have an orgy and just the, throw maybe one there. dildo that everybody has equal equal reach to, but once like nobody's called dibs. Yeah, once, once well, they've yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. And, and until then, just keep your mask on. <laughs> yeah, just have your mask on. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's passed through um it's passed through it's passed through uh droplets in the nose and mouth and so just a full-on load should be okay one of my big problems with people in the age of this quarantine is people just going to go into like stores and stuff and their dick is just out it's like put on your mask what the fuck (laughs) i i had seen people asking like um I've just like do nudist communes like are they wearing masks and just have everything else just kind of whipping out but like, but I guess my genuine question is because I've not looked it up. But like, yeah. c- can you pass COVID? Like, obviously, if you're like that close to somebody for a long time, even with both yeah. masks, probably. But can it pass through, like, the giner fluids and and the dick juice? Can it can it secrete that way? I honestly, I genuinely don't know because it's like the two worst Pokemon games. <laughs> Pokemon Giner Fluid and Pokemon Dick Cheese. Oh, and then, and then, the, and then the, the combo game. The combo game Butt Sludge. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Awful. <laughs> this has been Why This Not That. Um, hopefully you've gotten some value out of the uh, out of this improv discussion with two questions at the end. Uh, let us know if you like this at all. Um, we're going to completely uproot the whole show's format of course we will have to go back to the normal whenever we get to episode 200 which will be the moon um whoa but until then we can do all kinds of shit hold up y'all uh (laughs) well this is this is like this is like first result on google here i finally opened it because the show's coming to a close so i can open my Mm -hmm. google now but apparently there is currently no evidence that the covid19 virus is transmitted through semen or vaginal fluids what about butt slugs? But butt slugs? Did you think I said slugs? I did. Oh god! <laughs> I said sludge, which is still gross for sure. But butt slugs? Fuck! That's the legendary of the, <laughs> it's the legendary Pokemon. <laughs> we want to thank Prax for doing our intro and outro music. Thank you, Big Daddy Prax. They're an independent artist. They let us use their stuff for this. 
conversation about improv so they're clearly going through it um <laughs> thank you shouts out to them they're on streaming platforms and stuff um you know what i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna do it here's my controversial thing uh okay. no shout outs to the rattlers this week you know what <laughs> y'all don't get it i ain't gonna yeah. give it to you this time i'll tell you what y'all let me down and and if any of y'all listening are like, mm-hmm. oh man, well, I don't want them to be mad at me, the Rattlers. Or you listen to this thinking like, well, if they're going to be mean to me, I'm not going to submit questions. Okay, we've already seen what that life is like. We've seen yeah. it just now. And this is mm-hmm. going to be our best episode. And we're going to get 100,000 listens if, and a million dollars. And you're so ugly. And you're so if you, ugly. <laughs> if you think for a second that we won't go back to Dan Drew Reviews the Classics in a heartbeat, you are fucking mistaken. I still have us. viewed the film... Uh, Citizen, Kane. Citizen Kane and there has been no reward for it and that is a <laughs> life that I've been living so if y'all want to if y'all want to do that so I can finally finally get it off my chest the fact that I viewed this film you know what mm-hmm. good I hope y'all yeah. don't send in questions I'll because I gotta get this out of me at some point it's been <laughs> bubbling up and it hurts it hurts Daniel has Citizen Kane opinions and they have been they have formed a tumorous like glob in his body I call and we it we gotta excise it my citizen pain <laughs> as we always say it's not that uh, uh, bye bye good night everyone citizen pain citizen Good pain. night. It's right.